0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome to
1: another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host today, Adam Chop, and today with me is the one and only Josh Wade with Team Wade Fitness, located out of Granite Bay, California. Josh, how's it going, man?
2: I'm doing good, Adam. Thank you for having me.
1: Absolutely. I appreciate taking the time out of your busy day to Chit chat about everything that you've done and you know what you're doing in the community. So, with that being said, I'm gonna go ahead and open up to you, man. Kind of give us a little background on you know who you are, what you've done, your passion, and how you got into Team Weight Fitness.
2: Sure, Adam. uh You know, I mean, I, I was a, I was kind of a troubled troubled youth when I grew up. I kind of grew up in a you know I like low low income area area and uh did a lot of wrong things to get tried to notice by the cool kids. Um, and that led me down a path that, you know, I, I thought I was basically determined to, to end up having, you know, uh, you know, some stints in juvenile hall. And then, you know, eight, 18, I mean, I, I do to to lack of confidence. I, I got in a lot of fights, you know, I mean, just kind of, you know, people as, as I'm sure a lot of your viewers out there can relate to, you know, when you're coming up like a lack of confidence, you're doing things to try to get noticed by the wrong people try to fit in. Um, and that's uh, I mean, again, I think it's a confidence issue. And it wasn't until when I found weight training that actually changed my life. It, it boosted my confidence to the point where I didn't care what anybody else thought about me. Cause I felt like I was, uh, I was doing something finally that I, I was proud of and I was able to push myself every day. And, um, at that point, you know, I, I didn't care what anyone else thought about me because I felt good about myself for the first time. And I think that's when confidence finally started growing in me was because of weight training. Um, and that was that was fresh out. I mean, I, I got out of jail on my 19th birthday, believe it or not, and and um, joined my first gym, joined Gold's Gym when Gold's Gym was really Gold's Gym, um, where, you know, I mean there were a lot of bodybuilders and there were a lot of people that taught you gym etiquette. A lot of things that I think are lacking in a lot of the health clubs nowadays, especially these big box gyms is gym etiquette. People weren't, didn't come up the way that we came up or I came up. I'm 43 years old, but I grew up in the gym. I mean, since I was 15 years old. And, and that gym etiquette thing, I think, has been lost. Nobody shares dumbbells anymore. Um, nobody you will know, jump in. Nobody will give you a spot, you know, I, even if you ask somebody. So, I mean, things have changed. But weight training is what changed me, and that's why I always wanted to bring it back and try to help as many people as possible because of the difference, the impact it had on my life. Um, that's kind of what got me started into weight training, um, at a, at a pretty young age. And that's what I knew that I wanted, wanted to become.
1: Awesome. I appreciate you sharing the story. And that's, <clears throat> I think that's something to, you know, keep in mind is like, you know, you talked about gym etiquette. It's like, you go to all these gyms now and it's like, all these people are doing social media, doing this, doing that, like not respecting others or at the same time like, hey man, like, you know, uh everybody's kind of like has like a almost like an angry side to them when they go into the gym where it's like, we're all here for the same purpose. We're all here to better ourselves, whatever that looks like. You know, whether it's, you know, building confidence, whether that's, you know, getting, you know, the muscles and, you know, the stamina or the agility or the speed or whatever the case is, it's just like, you know, the gyms are supposed to be like a community for all people that are just trying to better themselves versus you know, looking down on one or, you know, not being, you know, helpful in one way or another.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. And that's, I mean, that's the way they became, you know, I, I grew up and I grew up in the gym and, uh, you know, found that self-confidence that, uh, that I, I was greatly lacking. I self published a book It's called Becoming a Stronger Person by Josh Wade, but it's a su- success roadmap to self-leadership. And a lot of it, a lot of it boils down to the confidence that makes you realize you can do anything that you want to if you put your mind to it. Um, Because I mean, I I was a plumber when you know in two thousand. I got out of jail on my nineteenth birthday, and the only reason I got out is because I was given a job as a as a laborer for a plumbing company from a friend of mine's dad. So I became a plumber, and uh, during that time, I started I started really getting into bodybuilding and started competing in bodybuilding. And I mean, it was the, uh, like 2008, you know, housing market crash when I finally got laid off as a plumber after 10 years and was really good at training. I was already bodybuilding at that point. So a lot of people at, at the local gym, I was, I was laid off and a lot of people are like, Hey, can you train me? Can you train me? And so I started kind of training them on the side and uh, the feedback I got was like, that's the best workout I've ever had. Um, obviously I was a bodybuilder, I knew what I was doing, but I wasn't sure how that would relate to training other individuals. Um, and I became very good at it. I was really good at it. And that's that's what kind of got me to the, the career path change that I, I finally came into, um, where I, I knew I wanted to be a, a personal trainer. And that's that's how, that's how it started. I mean, it, just, it was kind of partially based on necessity. Housing market crashed. Construction was down. Um, and then found a different niche that I really was good at and felt very passionate about helping people that's kind of what got me into it
1: yeah it's almost like <clears throat> pardon me like you know you dove in at the right time you know like everything was down it was like this is my chance to do what I'm really passionate about and you know see where it takes me
2: yeah that's exactly how I mean that's exactly really how how it happened and uh I mean it's been you know I've provided a better life for my family because of it um but that's kind of what's got me where I, I've been I mean I'll let you continue but I mean obviously I've constantly grown from personal training into gym ownership etc cetera, etc cetera.
1: yeah I expect you know like given you know background and history it's like it's it you know without painting like a you know a golden halo around you or something like that it's just like you know you you've taken your experiences you've molded yourself and you know look where you've gone to and you know that's i think a sign for a lot of other people you know with different backgrounds and histories that you know anything is possible if you just put your mind to it and you buckle down and you grind hard and you reap the rewards. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, you know, I mean, have have kind of called me the grinder through bodybuilding because I I didn't have the best shape or genetics, but I had a tremendous work ethic. And that what got me to, I mean, the top of the bodybuilding, you know, in 2018 was one of the top 19 bodybuilders in the world made the Mr. Olympia competition. And um, that wasn't based on genetics. I wasn't blessed with the best genetics or muscle insertions, but I was, I had the strongest work ethic and I was willing to suffer and I came in with a granite look every time I competed by the dense muscle tissue that was built through years of heavyweight training. Um, that's what got me. That's what got me there. And again, it, it does. It boils down, I think, a lot to work ethic. Um, you know, not waiting for things to happen. You go make things happen yourself. Because um, that's the only thing you can control. You can only control what you put in. Um, and you got to be proud of, of, of what, you, what you've done and where you've come from. And now I become a positive role model for a, a lot of the youth around here, and the the local Del Oro High School that I affiliate with help a lot of the student athletes. Um, I'm head coach of the Del Oro Junior Golden Eagles football program. Uh, so I mean everything I got into was was trying to give back to the community and be a positive influence. Um, you know, obviously, you know I, you know, a, a mistake is is not a mistake unless you learn from it. You know, so. Um, I feel better. I mean, you know, like I, I can't uh, there's a lot of things I wasn't happy with or I'm not proud of as far as my past, but it's what made me who I am and uh, the, the, the type of person that people respect for. Um, so, you know, I mean, I was always told it never takes any more effort to be a good person. And so that's what I always try to be. I always try to be helpful, try to be a good person. So that way, when people talk about me when I'm gone, they tell my kids that uh, you know, Josh Wade wasn't was a good bodybuilder. He was a good guy. And that's what means more. That's, that's the legacy that I want to leave.
1: Yeah, I love it. <clears throat> Especially the giving back part. You know, I, uh, you know, always wanted to go back, not necessarily my hometown, but you know, give back coach, uh, you know, just, just things that you enjoy doing that it impacts other people beyond yourself. And, you know, the more that you can do that and the more that you can give back, you know, it's, it's just, it's just a true fault of who you really were this whole time. It just, you know, life's ups and downs and it leads us to where we need to be. So um again amazing love to hear that you know uh w- one thing that I, you touched on and i want to kind of touch on real quick before we dive into the the way uh team my fitness is you know you started personal training and you were into bodybuilding right so typically bodybuilders you're building the body you're bigger muscles this and that you know depending on weight class and whatnot but it's like how did you know back in that that time here how did that transform to people that were looking to get help you know t- you know stereotypical people are like oh bodybuilders this and that whatever they say you know whatever they need to say so how did you not necessarily overcome but what what was like your wheelhouse around you know getting i'm assuming now just all sorts of different types of people that you train
2: well adam you're a little younger than me so i mean 10 years 10 years 10 years before that um obviously as we know personal trainers started from bodybuilders You know, bodybuilders, they were the most in tune with their body. They knew how to change things. Um, They knew how to utilize corrective exercise for aesthetics, but also to make sure that you're, you know, you're, you're keeping yourself in balance and, and preventing injuries through that corrective exercise. As you said, you have an awesome corrective exercise, as do I. Um, But so, I mean, back then people didn't view bodybuilders the same way that people do now. It was like, that is the most experienced person as a personal trainer. That's the person I want to work with because for one, they look the part. They look like you want to look. They, you know, and even if even if I had more muscularity, you know, I mean, yeah, I would get the comment a lot of times. People are like, well, I want to put on some muscle. I don't want to be as big as you. It's like, you can't be as big as me. I mean, you don't necessarily have what it takes. You have no idea what it takes. But the sheer fact that that, you know, people, if they have, if they have a choice between a fit trainer or an unfit trainer. They're going to easily go to the fit trainer, even if it looks like a bodybuilder and he looks intense. Well, I mean, as we know, I mean, if you don't train with intensity, you're not going to get anywhere in the gym anyways. So there's really no better trainer than an accomplished bodybuilder or somebody that knows, for one, how to work with himself, but how to work with other individual body types. So, I mean, I think uh, think the stereotype is there more now than there used to be. Uh, cause I mean, everybody knew what a bodybuilder was like, well, I mean, I don't even know what bodybuilding is, but I want to look like you. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it boils down to. You see somebody that's in shape. It, it, I think, I think the credentials are a lot higher in somebody's personal view than somebody that might be super knowledgeable, but is out of shape. I mean, if you can't live the lifestyle, how are you going to teach it?
1: Yeah. nail in the head, you know, I'd say you, you see more, more and more now, like, yes, people are in exercise science or fitness and things like that, but are they really taking care of themselves to kind of reflect the part, you know, fitness comes in all shapes and sizes, but are, if you're not taking care of yourself, how can you preach what you're trying to do if you don't do it yourself? Exactly. Um, and, you know, like, you know, trainers, group coaches, things like that. Like, yeah, we get up, we grind at five o'clock in the morning, you know, we grind all day, you know, whatever it takes, but you, you still got to make sure that you're physically mentally strong because at the end of the day, if you're not, how are you going to be strong for everybody else? You know? Yeah. So 100%, people, yeah. Yeah. So many people, at least my experience, and I'm sure you have the same experiences, if not more, you know, like people come to us to make their day feel better. Like they, they have all sorts of stressors, all sorts of stuff that's going on in this life. And it's like, their one out is fitness, exercising, you know, bodybuilding group classes, whatever the case is. So it's like, you know, we have to be ready to tack all that on, not only physically, but mentally. So um yeah definitely you know if if I was looking for a trainer it'd definitely be one that's like okay they look like they know what they're doing you know let's see what it's all about um and that's love it let's kind of dive into Weight fitness so talking about you know if somebody were to come in you know what all can they expect from you like what exact services do you offer how would you treat a first-time person coming in that's looking to make a change in
3: their health
2: well, the way, it, the way it came about is, you know, I mean, I, I, when I got laid off, I got my personal training certification. I started working at 24 hour fitness. I was there about 14 months, um, built up, built up, uh, like a full client schedule. Because again, I was already competing in bodybuilding. I was the only trainer that looked like they knew what they were doing. Um, so 14 months, got my business license, went out, opened my first personal training studio, um, it was just a personal training studio, supplement store for about three years, and then I opened, up, I opened up and expanded into actually the same shopping center, but a facility that's 4,025 square feet, two and a half times bigger than my personal training studio was. Um, it's more of a boutique gym, but I opened up into a membership-based gym because at that point I was tapped out on my personal training schedule, couldn't make any more income, bought a revolving revenue stream was a good idea, didn't know that I bought myself a longer day with... with uh, Um, You know, obviously anybody self-employed knows they just buy themselves a job. And I bought myself a lot, a lot longer of an hour job than I thought. Um, But again, then I have the opportunity, like you said, to help more people. So somebody comes, somebody comes through the door. um, Obviously, I mean, my price point's a little bit higher than a $20 Planet Fitness or Crunch Fitness. um, But for the sheer fact that, for one, we're more semi-private for that reason, I'm in a higher end area in Granite Bay. So it's a higher end area, people in the area are more willing to pay for clean more semi-private less populated like you said a lot less of the younger kids on their phones and social media and doing stuff on the benches so i have i have pretty high end clients that are more you know middle aged that have worked their whole lives to be able to put something back into their health and their fitness so you know i mean obviously i offer off, offer personal training But uh, I mean, anybody comes through the door, I mean, that's what they're going to get at a higher price point. I mean, it's basically it's ninety nine dollars a month, which is still a lot less than a lifetime fitness. But as far as a standard strength based facility, um, you know, they get they get that more semi private clean atmosphere. And again, the camaraderie that used to be when I grew up in the gym, when there still was camaraderie, people knew each other. Like, I mean, I'd say my gym is like the cheers of gyms for people that knows what cheers is you know, Cheers, the TV show, where people, everybody knew their name, you know, they became a family. And that's what fitness, again, should be and used to be. And the way my place is, is more of a family environment. Everybody's supportive, everybody knows each other, you know, a a lot of successful business owners. and, And, and they still they try to help each other in business as well as fitness. So I mean, it is it is a group a camaraderie that tries to help each other. So coming through, I mean, obviously, you get a semi private facility, I do offer a one-time program as far as nutrition program, workout program. Um, it's just a one-time additional additional charge. It's $300, but it's a personalized nutrition program, lean body mass, fat mass calculations, and then a personalized nutrition program based on what time you wake up, what time you go to bed, any schedule, breaks or lunches, uh, and then a weight training split that comes with it based on what you could commit to coming, whether it be uh, you know full body workout twice a week, three-day split. Again, everything's personalized to make sure that you'll succeed. Uh, you know, you try to give somebody something that um, they can't commit to, then they're never going to make results. So, I mean, again, that the whole thing about, I mean, a lot of the coaching out there now, it's not as personalized. So you try to put together a program, okay, you're going to train six days a week, you're going to do this, that. Well, they're not going to do it, which means they're not going to succeed, which means they're going to quit. So, you know, I mean, having a personalized program, I think is the most important part to make sure people can commit. And once they commit it and they start feeling good and they're seeing progress and results, then they're willing to commit more time. And that's how a program needs to change. There has to be, um, you know, it, it almost periodization where, you know, you maybe you start with lower volume, something that you know you can do, and then you feel good about it. And you're willing to commit to more time and you're able to put in more time. And then the routine might change from maybe a two-day split to a three-day split. And you're really enjoying weight training. It's building your confidence. It's making you happier at home, uh, a better, better husband, wife. Spouse, you know, and because we all know that, you know, when you feel good about yourself, it, it radiates to everybody else around you. Um, one of the biggest things I'm doing now is obviously I'm converting into more online coaching, as a lot of people have. Um, so where you know weekly email check-ins, pictures, scale weight, the diet modifications, workout modifications, making sure that again, people have accountability. A lot of people that want results, they need accountability. Are you there? Yeah. Well, that sucked. That's why. I mean, yeah. This this laptop, I got it plugged in, but the plug isn't. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, and, you know, again, that's why. Um, I, I don't know if you can chop that together. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll make it get yeah, off. Can you, can you see me? No. There's the start video. There you go. Yeah. No
1: worries, man. Um. Well, let's pick it up. You uh, talked about people need accountability, and.
2: Yeah. So vis- vis- visual and audio is good. Yeah, you're totally good. That's why, right, man. The phone is just so so much better. I mean, I, I don't know, the laptop, the the plug came loose and just died. I need a new battery for this laptop. But um, so, anyways, Adam. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as far as the accountability, the online coaching, um, obviously becomes very valuable when when people when people know that they're checking in with somebody. Uh, they're definitely more more committed, and you know, especially in the beginning, beginners, if they don't have that that accountability, you know, if they don't see progress the they way, they're, they're going to stop. They don't think it's worth it. But if they're committed to a contract term with a coach, they know that they want to do the right thing because they're sending check-ins, they're sending pictures. Um, and then that makes it a lifestyle. I mean, the whole thing about anybody in, in the fitness industry, whether it be coaching or training, we know that this has to be a lifestyle. It's not a fad diet. Um, you know, you might get short-term success, but you're going to screw up your metabolic rate and your hormone panel, um, all in the process of trying to lose 15 pounds as quickly as possible. So the lifestyle portion of it is what I try to coach, um, where, you know, what your healthy baseline is, and that's where you're going to be. And we know we got to be in a calorie deficit, but you can't be in a calorie deficit for too terribly long again, without screwing up your metabolic rate and your hormone panel. So there has to be the, that's why a lot of times a coach is very valuable is because we'll pull you out of what you think you should be doing and give your body a break. So that way it responds back again. You can't be a consistent calorie deficit thinking that you need 10 more pounds to lose. All right, I just need five more pounds. I'm going to stay low. And you're going to screw up your body. And then as we know, you get back to a normal diet, you're just going to gain fat back because you sacrificed muscle tissue because you overdieted. calorie consumption was, was, was too low. Training was too much, too much cardio etc. So I mean the accountability, the online coaching that I do and, and mainly lifestyle coaching. I still have competitors, but the lifestyle coaching is even more self-gratifying because you actually change people's lives. And like I said, they're building their confidence. I get spouses that reach out to me and just tell me how much happier their husband is. And that helps reflect around how they how they react with their kids and their spouses. Um, because again, they, they feel good about themselves. I mean, they're doing something and it, it makes them happy. And, and maybe they didn't even realize that weight training was that outlet for them. Like it was for myself. Um, but that, I mean, that's the valuable part about having a coach and the online coaching, um, that I do is, is where, um, I feel like I can give the most success to people.
1: Yeah. And not only that, you can reach a lot more people than, you know, physically inside the studio. So it's like, you kind of got that double-edged sword you're doing it inside, you're doing it outside and, you know, for the people that truly want to make the change, you know, there, there's gotta be some value exchange in that, you know, it's like they're going to pay you a premium or a price, but at the same time, you know, you're going to reciprocate and give them exactly every penny's worth because you know, you care about those people versus like, ah, here's just a six week program, you know, check in, we'll do this with we'll this. We'll tweak this. It's like, you customize it to exactly when they can eat, when they can train, how much they can train, how much, you know, it's like, that's, that's I think that's what it makes the difference between a good coach and a great coach. It's like,
2: yeah.
1: you know, oftentimes it's like all these people, all these Instagram famous, will, for example, we'll just use Instagram. They'll say, oh, come train with me, you know, six-week program, this and this. And this. The chances of the customization from each person being really specific is probably slim. Um, there will probably be some customization, right? But it's like, are you really getting into what's going to make them successful inside the program, Um So kudos to you for, you know, being able to customize that for, you know, each person and diving into those deeper questions as far as like, you know, when can you commit to this? How long can you commit? You know, what's, you know, X,
2: Y, and Z. So. Yeah. you somebody, if they can't, if they're not willing to do it, then they're not going to have, they're not going to have results. They're not going to have success. So, you know, you got to find where somebody is comfortable with, and then you, you can grow from there. But obviously we all know that, you know, something is better than nothing. And the point is get started.
1: Yeah. They always say, uh, if you never take a foot forward, you're always in the same place. So hundred percent. Cool. Um, well, let's talk about team weight. So, you know, you've been a business for a little while now. What,
2: like how many members do you currently service? Uh, again, I'm kind of a smaller boutique gym. I have like 106 members. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, you know, price points 99, but I mean, part of, part of that membership is also my online clients. You know, my, my online, online, online coaching, I mean, for the, for the most part, you know, it's $400 a month, weekly check-ins. And again, completely personalized, customized program. Um, Part of those online clients also run in a batch because it all runs through the same club, club management software. Um, So they're not even, I don't even have a hundred necessarily, necessarily physical uh, in-person members um and i I need to get membership up i just i'm not good at marketing i've never marketed myself very well um i've just kind of let the results speak for themselves but i need to get i need to get in a little bit of marketing i do need to i do need to build the membership up i have like 21 months left on my physical lease after being in the shopping center for uh just over 11 years um and uh i mean the way that they're they're pricing almost like forcing small business out um is going to be tough because I'm not, honestly, I'm not really sure what my next step is. I mean, the online coaching gives, definitely gives more freedom, um, you know, and I think a lot less stress plus better income than, you know, physically worrying about employees, whether they're gonna show up, whether they're gonna close, or if they're gonna give you one day's notice for a day off and then you're scrambling because again, as a small business and me taking care of most of the stuff, uh, I have to run a, a very small staff. And, you know, I mean, at, at minimum wage, even though California minimum wage is $15.50 an hour, it's still a pretty good wage. It's still hard to find people that, that are willing to even open the gym at 5 a.m. That's why I'm here Monday through Friday, because I'm here at 4.35 to open the gym at 5 a.m. Um, and you're handcuffed to a facility. You know, I mean, it just, it just kind of are. Um, and so, I mean, you know, and I need to gather more members, see if I can continue to lease past this point. But uh, it's, it's become extremely hard for a brick and mortar business.
1: Yeah, no, I was just talking to Jim the other day and, you know, they said the same thing they're looking at, you know, purchasing real estate. You know, obviously if people have that option, you know, that's usually a good way to go, but it's like they, some people bought their leases, you know, whatever it was 10 years ago or 15 years ago or, you know, five years ago. And it's like, they're trying to double, almost triple like the price per square foot. And that's creating astronomical lease prices. So definitely you know feel it on that especially you know you said granite california and a little little more upscale area so yeah i hear that all the time from people that are leasing it's like you know what's you know what's my avenues what's my options you know what what's going to happen at the end of this lease and um you know then it comes time where it's like you know we can dive into like a question with this but it's like what are some of your bigger goals with your facility? You know, obviously you're expanding more online. You got, you know, a batch of in-person members with PT and things like that. But like, you know, for you in the next, you know, let's say, you know, um, one to two years, like what's kind of like, where do you want to take this place? Do you want to expand? Do you want to grow? Do you maybe not want to do that? Maybe you want to go just mainly online and do like very small in-person PT. Kind of talk to us about that.
2: Yeah, sure, Adam. I mean, I thought the same thing as you were just talking about, um, you know, I didn't realize this until recently that a lot of commercial real estate is actually owned by endowment funds or colleges. Like for example, Stanford endowment funds owns my shopping center. Um, you know, it was purchased in 2017 for like 22 million. Um, they just put six million renovation in it. They're trying to get up occupancies. They significantly increased our common area maintenance fees by in in one year the difference of 207 thousand dollars realizing that a lot of college endowment funds own commercial shopping centers. So there's no wonder they don't, they don't, they can't have money in the bank, but they can have money in assets. So they'll put money into assets. No, they'll you know, upgrade and renovate assets, but they don't want to bring down their property value. Therefore they're not going to bring down the price per square foot for small businesses because they need those losses because they make so damn much money that it doesn't matter about the small tenant anymore. I mean, it's just, I had no idea that commercial real estate was owned by so many large corporations. Um, And again, it it just boils down to corporate greed that we, I think we've seen throughout a lot of different aspects, not even just the fitness industry. And uh, so, I mean, you know, people people like myself, it it definitely makes it uh, a tougher living when, again, I wanted to do the same thing. I was hoping to be able to purchase a piece of commercial property, and, and at least have some equity into a building when I'm done and have some retirement or something to hand over to my kids. Um, but it's just not possible out here, especially in California. I mean, it's all, it's all owned up. So, you know, I mean, it's like you're stuck in a lease if you want a physical facility or the second option, which I've been leaning towards recently, I still have some time to figure this out was actually buying some, some residential residential property enough to put a, a good size steel building on. And then, like you said, I might possibly just go back into personal training out of my residence as a home based business um, with my online coaching, which gives me more freedom to travel. Again, I can't even take my kids on vacations because I don't have a minimum wage employee that's willing to open the gym at 5 a.m. So I can actually leave and I'm in a membership base. Um, Like I said, you know, I went from personal training when I can basically close my personal training studio and leave anytime I want to having a membership base where I'm handcuffed to making sure those doors are open every day because members are paying to come at the open hours. So, I mean, you know, between, for myself, I mean, the online coaching is definitely what I wanna promote, so you can do that. Obviously you can do that computer work from almost anywhere if you do take a vacation. And then having personal training on the side, because I mean, for myself, even this week, just Monday through Friday, I have 43 personal training appointments. So you know, I mean, again, you know, I mean, I get to where I'm. I'm at my facility close to 60 hours a week, and possibly, you know, training 43 of those hours. Um, I love it, and so it's been a passion. So it hasn't been that bad, but but recently, with my kids at the age at nine and nine and eleven, nine and a half and eleven, it's not the same. Now I want to take them places. I want some freedom. I want to be able to go places um but you know i was a bodybuilder for like 20 years i competed i competed for um competed for 15 years during that time the life of a bodybuilder is i need to eat when i need to eat i need to train when i need to train therefore i stay at home i'm so routine and scheduled Yep. it didn't necessarily bother me that i wasn't going anywhere or wasn't leaving but now i retired i won my last competition in 2020 the legion sports festival And, um, now that I'm a retired bodybuilder, I actually want a life, um, and having a physical membership, membership membership-based gym is incredibly tough with all the corporate facilities out there that are just kind of taking over for small business. So that's, that's where I see myself going, uh, definitely online coaching because, uh, it's more money, less stress and more freedom. Uh, and then, you know, hopefully being able to, if I do in-person training out of my own residence um then again all my training revenue obviously as we know i can lease that building from myself personally have it as a tax deduction be able to pay into a, a mortgage and uh again be able to have more asset um even though it would be residential instead of commercial because commercial just too hard to come by in california
1: yeah and you know i don't know the first thing about you know everything that's going on in california obviously you only hear bits and pieces but it's just like you know, any like bigger brand cities, like, you know, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, um, you know, even like parts of like Dallas or Houston, Texas, just like, you know, it, it, everything's so hard for, you know, the small business owners to where it's like, people don't really think about that because they just want that greed. They just want what they want. They want all these assets. And so they're pouring all this money into these assets and in in turn to cover the tails, like you said, it's, they got to raise prices somewhere and guess who that's going to affect. It's going to affect the little guy. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially with you, I have a six-year-old, so like I can relate Family, it's like. You want to be able to go do those things. It's like now they're getting to an age where they're in sports. They're like, oh, they can remember stuff. They can like enjoy the vacations with their family and their mom and their dad and whoever. So it's just like, um, you know, it kind of hits home as far as like you got to draw the fine line where, you know, am I going to continue the physicalness? You know, am I going to blast off this membership base? Am I going to find good people? Maybe I pay them a little bit more. You know, like you said, minimum wage is already kind of high enough as it is. You know, there's there's like all these factors that go into your thought process and thinking. It just makes it really difficult. You know without yeah
2: it, it definitely does. you know time is time is the most valuable thing you have and you start learning more of that as you have kids, as you age. but as you have kids, um, it's definitely that's what's, that's what's changed my life is realizing that um, you need to be present. I mean I, I need that time. you can never get that time back. Um, and that's what I mean again when you, when you realize the most most valuable things and that's the reason I stopped competing is because there, there is selfishness when it comes into bodybuilding. There has to be. I mean, it, it takes a lot. Um, and uh, that's the reason I stopped, because I, I wanted to you know, coach everything my kids did and be there with them on every event. And uh, it just it was just too hard, too stressful to try to do to both of those.
1: Yeah, especially somebody, you know, that's, you know, you can tell that you're very competitive. And, you know, like you said, you, you grind through it. And, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to do the best, you know, you got to be disciplined with your food, you got to measure it out, all, all the good stuff, you know, so it's, it's, it's definitely taxing, and, you know, um, being present with your kids, you know, it's like, fatherhood is just something, like, that some people say it's, like, the best thing in the world, you know, it. you know, being responsible for another human, but being, like, able to hear those little laughs and giggles and all the joys that come with it, so it's just, like, uh, I can definitely relate to you on that one, um, as far as the fatherhood goes, but, you know um you know let's let's talk um you know you said you have um i think it was like you said how many months left on your lease 11 21
2: like 21 months i think okay so
1: just almost two years yeah Um, you know if you were to continue like from now to the next 21 months you know where would you like to see like your physical membership base grow to the point where like okay i can maybe find somebody more reliable i can pay him an extra dollar or two or whatever that might look like, you know, what, where would you want to take that membership base? That's going to give you a little bit more flex to have some decisions to be like, okay, do I transfer my gym? Do I just shut it down? Do this, you know, kind of walk me through that process.
2: Sure. I know just, I mean, obviously, you know, I mean like, like a lot of commercial leases is like 3% annual increases. Right. So, I mean, in just this physical facility, I've been up, I'm up up 30%. So, I mean, 30% on a lease alone uh, not to mention, like I said, they did renovations to the project and the shopping center that we were not supposed to pay for, but we have to pay for the, the CAM, the common area maintenance. So the common area maintenance projections from 2023 to 2022 is $207,000 more for the shopping center, which puts on another $700 a month to me, which was last minute, like literally right before the January invoice came out. So in just the last two months, I mean, I a $1,000 a month. So at my membership price point, that's another 10 members just to get back to where I was. Right. Um, not, not even including the other, the other percentage increases and, and cam fees that would get pushed on to us tenants. Um, so, I mean, realistically I probably need 20 more members just to get back to where I was a year ago. Um, which again, gym businesses are, are not very lucrative. I mean, they're, they're not, they, uh, I mean, sir, none, no service businesses really are um, when you're one-to-one, like you said, one-to-one is extremely hard to, to make a, a decent living and you get to the point where you're tapped out. You can't go any further. So, I mean, possibly, I mean, I might need up to 50 more members to, to be able to even be able to get to the point when my lease is up. If fair market value is even higher, then they're going to significantly try to jack up the lease. Uh, that's just what they do when they renovate a shopping center. Most of the time, is to occupy the place, get impounds higher, so they can sell it. So they're mm-hmm. not going to sell it unless they have, you know, the highest price point possible per square foot. Um, that's just the way it goes. That's that's pretty much what I foresee happening. Um, so I mean, that's what I would need to even try to get to the point where maybe in the the remainder of my lease that I become profitable or a little bit more profitable. Right. Um just just honestly Adam, I'm not sure how it's going to happen.
1: <laughs> no, I I you know, understand, you know, that it's it's kind of, one of those things are like you got to grind, but then you know, everything else can happen in between, you know employees, you know, it's you're already working 40, you know, 42, 43 hours of, you know, the 60 or so that you put in. It's like you really, you know, you, you don't have much extra time to spare to be able to market or you know sell a membership or this and depending on like you said your staff it's like are they going to be you know one of those feet up on the desk yeah hey here you go membership whatever or it's going to be like is somebody going to be invested that's like hey look this is you know joshua fitness you know check out we have x y and z you know and they like you know kind of like replicate you and what you would want to see you know new people walk into and stuff like that so like all these different factors going to play and you know there's always a little bit of that uncertainty yeah um cool man um you know appreciate you kind of diving into that side of things and you know being real with everybody that's out there and whatnot because you know sometimes people like sugarcoat stuff and they like to be like well yeah things are great and this and that and it's like really they're you know talking to their lawyer every single day they're like what do I do blah blah blah. so um you know appreciate that
2: yeah people that know me I mean they know I'm I'm honest sometimes I'm too honest (laughs) um but again that's that's what people know they can they can trust um and and that's what it is i mean you know a lot of people don't don't see that side you know just like as you as you know i mean social media is just everything glorified that you want to put out there um but it's not always that way and i think people people get more value when they realize the hardships that other people have to go through then they realize oh it's not just me of course it's not but (sighs) but people don't see that you know they don't see that that part or that side of a lot of things
1: yeah and you know it's like just when you think you're the only one going through it, it's like, wait up, hold a second. Like everybody's going through that. It might not be as bad or maybe it's worse or it's maybe the same, but everybody's going through something, you know, whether you're in yeah. Indiana, California or you're in, you know, Podunk Rhode Island and some small town or whatever the case is, there's always something somewhere.
2: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, life's not, life's not easy. It's not supposed to be. Um, no. But, but I mean, again, you know, you try to help, help, people out, you know, I mean you give you give them this insight. Um I think a lot of a lot of people a lot of people have the misinterpretation that oh you own a business, you're rich. Like, you know, I mean most of the time it's far from that. Really again, like I said, all you did is really buy yourself a job. You, you might have more control or say over it, but when you're when you're in a membership base, uh you're handcuffed. So you still really don't work for yourself. You work for everybody else that you have to be here for. Um So, yeah, I mean, people think people think, yeah, you're rich because you own a business. Um, And a lot of times that's not really the case.
1: Yeah. If anything, it's like you said, you uh, you bought yourself a job working 50, 60 hours a week to pay your dues before you can reap the harvest. And, you know, then maybe exactly, you know, you buy yourself a new truck, you reinvest into the gym, you get some new equipment, you know, whatever the case is. It's yeah, I think a lot of people you know, and and maybe gym owners too, maybe they portray only the good side of everything, right? They don't want to let everybody see the struggle and like what they've really went through. But, you know, I think any semi-common sense person would be like, well, there's got to be some risk to get the reward. And, you know, what does that risk cost you? 60 hours a day or 60 hours a week, you know, 10 hour days, 12 hour days, you know, whatever the case is. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Um, Well, a couple last minute questions here before we get ready to wrap up. Um, you know, you, you've kind of been from, you know, we'll say for the bottom to the top, you know, you've been in the grind, you've hustled, you've worked your way into ownership and membership and things like that. Anybody out there that's looking to grind their way to the top, you know, maybe they had a troubled childhood. Maybe they don't know where to start, you know, but they, they know they want to do something and it's health and fitness related and they want to be their own entrepreneur. What kind of advice would you give them?
2: Uh, number one, don't, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, you know, we, we don't know it all. I mean, luckily I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to be surrounded by really a, a lot of successful people and I still talk to them and I ask their opinions every day. So, you know, I mean, again, you, you ask people's opinions, you have an idea. It's good to bounce it off people or or run ideas by people, but it, it doesn't mean that, that that's, that's the Holy grail either. I mean, again, you have to have your ideas, but number one, I mean, you, You can't be afraid to fail, obviously. Otherwise, you don't take a leap. And, uh, you know, something like I'm a type A personality. I mean, I overthink everything. So it is really hard for even me to make a decision on which way to go, because I think too far in in advance of what can possibly happen, what could go wrong. Um, So, I mean, you know, number one, I mean, don't be afraid to make a leap. You know, I mean, if you if you, you know, want want control, I mean, it really is the only way to be able to control your destiny is living your own life and doing what you really, what you choose that you want to do. Um, so don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to ask people's opinions on ideas that you might have because they might see a side of it that you don't because you're so blindsided on just what you want to do and your vision, um, that you might not see the obstacles in your way. Um, So, I mean, I think those are the two most important parts is don't be afraid to fail. If there's something you wanna do, you have to attack it. Um, Ask for people's opinion, you know, and make sure that, you know, that other people's, they might see the other side that you don't see. And then obviously, I mean, really this should be number one is consistency. Uh, Anything that you do that you you need to fully, full-hearted, put yourself into and stay consistent on a day-to-day basis. You know, you keep thinking that you need to change this, you need to change this, you need to change this. But until you know if something's working, um, there, there's no reason to abort the process. So, I mean, I think those, those three things are the most valuable for anybody that might be wanting to start, you know, a business, especially a fitness business. But when it comes down to fitness business, I mean, we're, we're back to the point that you got to look the part. I mean, if you, don't, if you don't look the part, people aren't going to see or trust that you actually even know what you're doing. No matter how knowledgeable, whatever certifications you don't have, if you don't have practical application, it doesn't really mean much because you can't learn different body types from books. You Until you work with, work with different types of body types and different types of clients and you know how to help each individual reach their goals, uh, you're not gonna be successful. So make sure that you start with yourself, I guess. You know, start with yourself make sure that you understand fitness, uh, what it takes, the lifestyle that you lead. Because again, you know, we're trying to teach these people that it's not about just, you know, building muscularity and increasing the size of their biceps. It's teaching them a healthy lifestyle that's going to be based on nutrition and exercise that they can sustain for the rest of their lives with or without you. You know, you can, you can be a trainer and you can make people dependent or you can train them and they will remember you the rest of their lives. It's like, Teaching somebody like the saying, right? You you know, you teach somebody how to fish, they can eat for a lifetime. You give them a fish, they can eat for a day. You know, whatever it is. I was never a fisherman, but I you know, it's saying that I'm I'm trying to tell you. So 100%. you know, teach these people, and then they'll they'll appreciate you that much more. So be sincere in everything you do, and people will see that sincerity.
1: Hundred percent. Hit on the head. The, the biggest thing that stuck out is you know, you you mentioned that it's you you teach them versus you give them okay you give them a workout you give them this you do this cool they'll be able to do it for a day maybe a week but then it's like okay what do i do next and it's like if if you instill the qualities and everything that they can become successful without you that speaks more volumes because a they're going to be like look man i need your accountability hey i brought three friends like this is what you did for me they can definitely benefit from you the the domino effect kind of starts to happen in um and the last piece you know the the abortion of the plan it's like if you keep changing plans, like it's like the tip of an iceberg, you don't see everything that's formed underneath. All you see is what's surfacing above the water. So this plan, if you keep grinding away with this plan, you're building this massive, you know, building this massive membership base, but you turn away right before the tip surfaces. It's like you were just that close. You should have stuck to the plan. And so many people, I really believe so many people try to change the plan because a, they just want that quick success. They don't want to wait and let it, nurture and grow and come into fruition and they just want it now and great things don't just come in the snap of a finger it's like right it takes time it takes consistency grind hard work you know and uh you know and i think bodybuilding you know just one example teaches a lot of discipline because if you want to be the best you got to give the best whether it's diet nutrition training all the above
2: yep 100 percent, adam true that so
1: Um, Well, Josh, I appreciate everything today. Last but not least, before we wrap up here, I want to go ahead and ask for you to give a shout out to your facility. How can our listeners reach you, look you up if they're in the area, maybe come check you out, kind of give a shout out for all of your handles.
2: Sure. I mean, uh, you know, Team Wade Fitness, TeamWadeFitness.com. That's the physical location. That's the gym. Uh, You can email me through there. Obviously, I mean, the majority of direct messages and coaching inquiries come through Instagram, so my Instagram is at IFBBprojoshwade. Um, uh, you know, same thing, same thing on Facebook. But the majority of the direct messages come through Instagram. My email is on the teamwadefitness.com website. Um, if you are interested in coaching or if you're local, um, I give anybody a free day trial pass. It's a great facility. I have dumbbells up to 150 pounds, new equipment. Um, I mean, it's a stacked gym with everything that you need, but also clean semi-private. Um, and you're not bothered. It's not a meat market type place. So again, you know, Instagram handle at IFBB pro Josh Wade. That's where most of the stuff gets posted. Um, best way to DM me for online coaching. Um, and I've never, uh, I've never missed with a client.
1: Awesome. I just gave you two follows from my own. So, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing all that going on, all the content and whatnot. Um, anybody else out there listening, you know, this is Josh Wade. This is his story. This is what he's done. Uh, amazing background, amazing story. You know, if you're in the area, check them out. If you want a gym that you're going to get more than just some weights and some, some you know, lifting, this is the place to be. Um, with that being said, if this story inspired you and you're a business owner or somebody that's went into entrepreneurship and you want to share your story, please click on the link below. Fill out all the info. We'll be in touch. But until then, y'all, that's another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. Gym Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to this interview, but Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
4: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is George Scott, owner of Sinister Boxing and MMA Club in Fresno, California. George, welcome to the show. How are you today?
5: I'm doing well. Uh, Nice rainy day here in California, and excited to talk to you about business and uh, our new gym.
4: Yay, we're super excited to have you on. Um, You have a great perspective. You're in your first month of business. Um, So we're super excited to talk to you today. Before we do so, um, first I want to hear about what made you want to start this gym in the first place.
5: Yeah, so Sinister Boxing and MMA Academy is uh, a martial arts and fitness gym. Here, we focus on teaching kickboxing fitness. We focus on boxing and MMA classes, and we have open gym periods. So that way people are able to learn the skill of martial arts and they're able to work on their fitness goals, nutrition, and we try to offer as much as possible. So that way people are able to reach their goals, whether it's building self-confidence, building um, skills, maybe they want to be competitive martial artists, or maybe they just want to get in good shape or or just have some fun, de-stress, right? Work on confidence. Everybody has different reasons and goals for going to a gym and we try to embrace everybody's needs and desires whenever they walk through this door. So
2: awesome. the
5: store. And so, a little bit about how we got started was um, as a kid, uh, five years old, I started doing martial arts classes. And doing those, it just really felt right. Um, sometimes you do a sport, you do maybe soccer, you do some football, basketball, and you feel that maybe it wasn't really for you. For me, martial arts has always been a big part of my life. It's uh, something that's helped me with my mentality, my confidence, self esteem. It's just really put me on the right path in life. And so, beginning from five years old, doing different disciplines like martial arts, or I'm sorry, taekwondo, wrestling mixed martial arts, boxing, kickboxing, judo, and working my way up to eventually, my brother and I joined a competitive fight team. And when I got to the fight team, I decided that competing in martial arts wasn't really my style. However, coaching and teaching was my style. So going through college, um, doing kinesiology, physical education, I discovered a passion for teaching, and once I got through with my grad school, uh, coronavirus hit, and it kind of made me reevaluate why I was becoming a teacher, what I wanted to teach, and I decided to get back involved in the martial arts field. So I've been teaching private sessions, going to people's houses, training people at parks, working at other gyms. And just we fell in love with um, that early childhood memories of being in the gym, working on our punches, kicks, fitness drills, all that stuff. So I met my business partner uh, about two years ago. We started training, private sessions, seeing him at gyms, and he approached me and was like, hey, we got to get you a gym, man. You're a great teacher. You're a great person. Like, this is what you were meant to do. All your skills combined. And let's go all in on this. So we decided that in about July of 2022. And fast forward to today, January 23, we're, we're open for business. Um, we had a big process of trying to figure out Where we wanted to open up a gym, where was the best parts of Fresno to open up a new adventure, how we're going to structure classes, how we're going to advertise, how we're going to get the word out. And so we just got a plan together, just finally put it into fruition.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so tell me about you know the steps that you were taking to be able to open the facility. What did you do beforehand that really you know set you up for success now?
5: So the, the first thing obviously was knowledge and passion. We both have a passion for martial arts. And with my teaching experience, teaching is something that comes natural to me. Being able to explain to somebody who is, three years old to somebody who's 80 years old, how to do a proper technique, how to make it fun and exciting. And with that base, it gave me the confidence to say, hey, I can do this. I can open up my own gym. I have the knowledge, the experience. And my business partner, he was the one with the capital. He was the one that's like, hey, we're going to get you started. And Once we decided on that, it was coming up with a business plan. It was finding local gyms so going around from place to place, making sure that we found the right building because some places are too small and they would limit you with exactly um, how much you can grow. If you have a, a small gym, you can only host so many people and those people may not even be able to pay the rent. So we needed to find a gym that was big enough. That way we had room to grow. We had an opportunity to uh, be in a good part of town that there wasn't a lot of competition. So a lot of it was just figuring out logistics. Mm
3: -hmm.
5: Once we figured out our logistics, it was about discovering, all right, what are people most excited about? are people more interested in the martial arts? Are they more interested in the boxing fitness? Like what what was the demand? What was the biggest growth industry? So that's when we decided to iron out our classes about kickboxing fitness, boxing, and martial arts, because those were the biggest draws for people in this area. After yeah.
4: That... <laughs> Keep going.
5: <laughs> so after that, it was mainly... All right, now we got to come up with a logo. We got to come up with a business plan. We got to come up with a marketing and advertising plan. So once we kind of figured out those things, well, now it's okay. What kind of equipment do we need? Right? Um, how much square foot of mats are we going to be able to support enough people on? Um, what type of drills are we going to be using? So are, are they going to be doing drills with each other? Are they going to be doing drills with pads, with bags? different types of fitness equipment that we need in the gym so that way people can make sure that they have the optimal workout for whatever their goal is whether it's fitness whether it's skill based or maybe they want to be a competitive martial artist we wanted to make sure that we had the right tools for people to come in and succeed at every level
4: yeah that's awesome so how did you market to those people how did you get the word out that that you're there
5: So getting the word out is always the hardest part, right? Because it doesn't matter if you have the best product in the world. If people don't know it exists, (laughs) they're not going to find you. They're not going to be able to um, enjoy the services that you offer. So at first, we started to really focus on social media. So Instagram, Facebook, and Google. Google was a huge one because people, whenever they type in a gym, They type in gym near me, they type in boxing gym near me, they type in martial arts near me. So you wanna make sure that you're available on Google because that's the first place people are gonna call. Next, okay, now people know our website, people know where we're located, they can call us and all that stuff, but we still need to reach more people. So we decided, all right, let's focus on direct mail advertising. So, coming up with flyers, sending them out to houses and certain zip codes. Then we decided okay, now we got to print out flyers. We got to go door to door. We got to go to different events, set up booths, um, getting in touch with uh, colleges and trying to find people in our demographic. So, once we figured that out, okay, what businesses allow us to post flyers? So our biggest step right now is expanding our advertisements. So now we're looking into radios, we're looking into um, iHeartRadio, stuff like that, where people who use apps can also hear our advertisements.
4: Yeah, definitely. So out of, out of those things that you've tried so far, what's been like the biggest return that you've gotten? Was it like the flyers, Google, um, direct so, mailing, door-to-door?
5: So definitely right now, obviously, it's only been two, three weeks since we've been open. So uh, advertising takes a while to get home to people. Um, sometimes they don't always hear it the first time. Maybe they walk by a flyer. So the biggest draw so far has been posting content on social media and having good reviews on Google. When people see the reviews on Google, they see the pictures of the gym, they see where we're located. That tends to be the biggest uh, draw for our clients so far.
4: Awesome. Yeah. Social media is like a huge, huge platform to take advantage of. Have you thought about um, posting ads on there or paying for digital advertising through social media?
5: Yeah. So we do um, market through Instagram ads. Um, So we're looking into all of these different advertisements. So by the end of the next month or two, We're going to be able to sit down, look at all the analytics, see what's actually getting us the most return on investment. And we're going to gear and shift and adapt and figure out where we need to be spending all of our budget into our advertising, because not everything is going to give you the results you want for the price you pay. So we're just navigating those waters right now.
4: Definitely. Yeah. I think for, for a little bit, it'll be trial and error and it'll take a little bit to see what's paid off and what's working well. So I think, yeah, you're doing doing the right thing by going through all those avenues to, to see which one's the best. Um, but I'm curious, we'll go back a little bit. How many square feet is uh, the facility?
5: So our facility is 2,800 square feet. Thanks. Nice. And we have it broken down into two parts. So we 1,400 square feet is our warehouse area where we do teach our classes so we have about a thousand square feet of mat Um, we have 40 feet of mma cage and a few bags that we have hung up where we teach all of our classes in the other half we have our office our lounge area our lockers uh, stretching areas and more bags where people are able to warm up for class They're able to use the stretching area, body tools, like their foam rollers, so right, um, just different types of stretch bands. So that way they can get loose, they can get ready, maybe they're sore. Because every day you go to the gym, you get that soreness, you get that stiffness. So we want to make sure that people are able to come as much as possible. And it's hard to do that if you don't have the tools to help your body recover. and. We wanted to make a nice little lounge area where a little community area where people can come in, watch some some UFC fights, watch some boxing fights, kind of get inspiration for the class and have an area where they can hang out and talk before and after classes. So sometimes we'll have people that just hang out here after class for two hours, just chatting about how class was, talking about life and really building that community where people can connect with each other as well as with us.
4: Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's overlooked a lot is the recovery and also just like the community aspect of getting to to connect with gym members. So I think that lounge area is a really good idea. That's super cool and unique. Um, But what's like your goal, you know, number of members that you think you can fit in the space? um, And what's like the the overall vision for the gym? Where would you like to see it in the next few years?
5: Yeah. So for our gym right now, we can host about 200 members. And so ideally, most gyms want to have about 120 members. So that way, they're actually making profit and making money. And we want to be able to host at least 200 people. Now, not everybody comes every day, right? So you can have a large grouping of members, but some people like to come on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, some people can only come once a week. So we want to be able to have enough space so that way, if we do have a large influx of people, we can fit at least 30, 35 people in a class. And as far as goals for the gym, we want to turn this into a kind of a like a three-headed monster. So we want a place where people can come in, learn their skills, work on their fitness, and experience how fun martial arts can be. Then we also want to focus on our nutrition, Um, getting people on the right nutrition plan. That way you take care of your body, your body will take care of you. And then our last one is we want to have a competitive team. So we want to start coaching amateur and professional fighters to reach their goals in competition. So we want to have something for everybody. We want to have our Beginners, where they're learning the skills and fundamentals, they're doing it for stress, self-confidence, fitness, then we want people to take care of their body and their mind. And then if they decide that they want to compete, we want to give them the avenue and the opportunity to promote them and to help them reach their professional goals. Eventually, we would like to franchise our gym and open up multiple locations and have everything under the umbrella of Sinister Boxing and MMA Academy.
4: That's awesome. That's a great goal to have and um, the lofty one. I think that's super cool. Um, and I think the competitive team is smart because, you know, if they join, you know, your gym and they love it, then they want to compete. They don't have to leave the gym. They can stay with you. So I think that would be really cool too. Um, but I know you've only been open a few weeks, but what's been the most surprising thing Um, about being a gym owner is there anything that you didn't expect that you've come across well
5: there's a lot of unexpected
4: expenses
5: (laughs) (laughs) that's always the biggest one so whether it's okay you have to insure everything you have to make sure that you have your security systems you have to make sure that your membership software is running smooth so that way you're able to take payments and you're not turning people away it's like oh hey our computer's not working. Sorry, you can't sign up. And then they just go to the next place. Um, other things unexpected is sometimes there's shipping delays. Sometimes um, there's a maintenance issues with the building. So whether it's a leak here or there, maybe um, something breaks and you have to replace it as soon as possible, so just making sure that our gym is up to par and can handle the volume.
4: Yeah, definitely. And what's been like the most challenging thing so far? What's been the hardest part?
5: Um, the hardest part is just getting your, your name out. Mm-hmm. Um, getting, members, getting members in the gym, just letting people know what type of product and service that you have like we talked about earlier, if you have the best product in the world and nobody knows it exists, nobody's going to buy it. Nobody's going to partake. So we just want to get as many people to know who we are and to experience who we are. So that way, word of mouth, they tell their friend, their friend comes, somebody sees our flyer. They're like, hey, let me put this at my work. Let me put this over here where I go to school. So the hardest part is just getting the name out and and just getting your feet off.
4: Yeah, definitely. Totally agree. That's, that's the hardest part. Like you said, you can be the best kept secret in town, but you know, that's not helping anyone be healthier and it's not helping you grow your business. So really, really building a brand is so important. Um, But what would you say as a piece of advice to somebody who wants to own their own gym? So a lot of our listeners um, listen to kind of hear what it's like because they want to be in your shoes someday. Um, If you could give someone a piece of advice about, you know, the opening process, um, finding their own space, like what would that be?
5: Um, A lot of it has to, you have to have a good team around you. You can't do anything successful by yourself. Two people can move a couch real easy, but one person can't really move it at all. So everybody has strengths and weaknesses. So you have to find out and really look at yourself and say, what am I good at? What am I not good at? Okay, if I'm not good at something, do do I have somebody in my life who's willing to help me out and somebody who is really good at that thing? So with me and my business partner, we have different skill sets and we complement each other really well. We we balance each other out. And the next step is just patience, right? Um, it's easy to look at everything two weeks in and be like, "Man, we're not where we want to be, right? We want to be we want to be the biggest thing in town." But if you plant a seed, you don't see that tree for a while, right? You got to water it, you got to fertilize, you got to prune it, you got to make sure that you're doing all the right things that you need to do in order to grow that tree. And sometimes you feel like you're just staring at dirt, but eventually all of those roots will start to sprout. You build that foundation, you build that base, you build that culture, and then it becomes addicting. When you have a good culture, a good environment, you have a place that's fun, motivating, and exciting to be at, people will want to be a part of it. And so it, and it comes in waves. So you'll have a little influx and then boom, a big influx and then a little influx and then a big influx. So it's just being patient and understanding that for the first, first few months, for maybe the first year, it's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. It's going to be stressful. But if you're patient throughout the process, if you're positive, if you keep putting out the right vibe, the right information that people will notice and people will take part. So it's just staying, staying positive in the hard moments.
4: Yeah, I think that's really good advice. Like don't get discouraged. And and when you do start to get discouraged, like look back and see what you've already accomplished. And, you know, why would you want to throw in the towel now when you're, you're getting closer every, every single day? So I think that's that's really good advice, George, um, and thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, before we sign out here today, tell us, where can we find you? Um, where can we keep up with the gym? What's your social media? What's your website? Anything else you want to share with us?
5: Yeah, so we're located out in Fresno, California, uh, so if you're in the Fresno area listening to this podcast, definitely come in, check us out, try out some free classes, check out our Our culture, our environment, the knowledge, and everything that we share with you guys. Uh, And definitely come be a part of the Sinister Boxing and MMA Academy team. So, our website is www.sbmmafresno.com. There, you'll be able to uh, see our classes, our memberships, uh, keep up to date with our newsletters, our social media. We're on Instagram at Sinister Boxing MMA. And Facebook, Sinister Boxing and MMA Academy, we try to post as much content daily as possible. And that way people can actually see the product that they're investing in.
4: Yes, that's awesome. Everyone check out sbfresno.com or on Instagram, Sinister Sinister Boxing MMA. Thank you again, George, for being on the show today.
5: All right. Thank you very much for having me. Hope you guys have a great day and continue to do great things with your podcast.
4: Heck yeah. Thank you so much. All of our listeners out there, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out, and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
6: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lords podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show today, we have Miss Essie Jackson of Peak Strength and Conditioning coming to us from Christiansburg, Virginia. Essie, what's going on? How are you?
3: Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited.
6: I am. I'm excited to have you here. The The model, the, the background of this, it It all speaks to my heart and reminds me of a time where I was much more involved in a facility like this. But I don't want to steal your thunder here, Essie. (laughs) When we talk about peak strength and conditioning, for the people that listen to this that aren't familiar with with you or the brand, how do you describe peak in your own words?
3: Um, We are a small group training facility in one facet. In another facet, we are personal training and private. Um, it's independently owned, um, and and then we also offer clinics and facility rental space.
6: Yeah, and so we'll get into all of this. We'll we'll diagnose and, and figure out the inner workings of what's going on here. But bring us back a little bit in time. I'm always fascinated with origin stories and how we got here. I think it tells us a lot about what we do now and where we're going. And so. Take us back, back, back to the early days of, of peak, and when the idea was was formulating in the minds and the powers that be. How did all of this get started?
3: Sure, um, it uh, it began, I would say, unconventionally, in that um, I didn't set out to be an owner of the facility. However, um, my heart was in strength and conditioning. And we did not have a a, a, a facility in this area. We, we're in a very rural area. It is a college town, um, but outside of the college, when students are out, it's quite quite quiet. Um, we have other facilities that um, do strength and conditioning in its own format, like CrossFit and um, you know uh, other more generalized gyms. But um, we did not, we simply just didn't have a strength and conditioning small group training format in this area. And so there was a demand for it when um, I was the director of strength and conditioning for a youth sports complex. And we would train youth athletes and um, in mostly sports sports specific. Um, and we, you know, formulated programs for them. We helped teams um, with their programming. Um, and the adults, you know, I, we would train ourselves <laughs> and, um, we trained ourselves athletically in strength and conditioning, like, you know, uh, the way kind of athletes train, however, for more of everyday life, uh, just overall strength and conditioning. Um, so we had a lot of parents that were interested in training with us as well. We saw that there was probably a bit of a demand for it and, um we started off very, very, very small um there weren 't any expectations it wasn 't the driving force of that business at that time. It was really a passion project. <clears throat> I was personal training at the time as well, so essentially it is like personal training only with a small group so yeah. um, it definitely grew organically from there um, that business they decided to close the doors at the same time I had my first uh, my first child and the, the 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 membership at that time it was small but mighty <laughs> and they did not want to see the small group training go and I mean literally I had a three-week-old baby in my lap they called the meeting they asked me to be there I hadn't slept I think in three weeks at that point <laughs>
6: <laughs> with all kinds of free time right
3: I know right and they um they, they, they wanted me at the head of it. And I, it's, it is something I've always thought about as a personal trainer. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I'm 41. I started when I was 19. Um, I started personal training when I was 21 with my first certification. And I really hadn't stopped. I mean, two decades, um, now, but at the time that was a decade and a half roughly. Um, so I I just, it was a big part of who I was. I I'm thankful they believed in me. Um, you know, uh, there was a really strong business minded member that said, Hey, if you do this at 51%, I'll do this at 49%. (laughs) And, um, and I I was going to be doing a lot of the work. He had a full-time job elsewhere. He worked for the university. Um, but I needed, I, I personally, without having that business background, I needed, I needed that help and a a brand new baby. (laughs) Um, and, uh, And he was, and we both got a lot out of it. We both, uh, we worked really, really well together um, for the first three years uh, before. uh, I I just was here all the time and I was working all the time and I enjoyed it, but I wanted to make decisions for what I, without having to, we didn't always agree on everything. And I think at that time I wanted to be all or nothing at the three-year mark, went to him. It was kind of on a whim. I just said, hey, I think, I think for me, I want to be all or nothing. Like I'll, I'll be happy to talk this out. And he goes, no, I think, I think you're good. I think this is good. He literally basically gave up his 49%. I paid back what he had put into it. And, um, and then it became just me. For- yeah.
6: <laughs> and so, and here we are, didn't quite plan on being a business owner, but one way or another major way into it. And now Nine-ish years later, specifically with Peak, and like you mentioned, two decades in the industry,
3: yeah,
6: you must have done something right along the <laughs> way. Something's going well for you uh, guys, and
3: yeah, um, I think there was a lot of luck involved in terms of a lot of things. I, I think truly, um, I, I don't think I give myself enough credit even to this day. I appreciate you saying that, um, but. Uh, I think just following right versus wrong and gut intuition and really like weighing every single option. I think the biggest thing, too, is I always I always felt like I could not let down our membership, what this was founded on. And that is, I look, yes, I my name is on the dotted line. Yes, I take all liability. I take all ownership of that when it comes to the good and the bad. But um when it comes, so primarily the bad, I try to like, you know, I'm trying to (laughs) draw the liabilities around. But um, but when it's good, it's it's like so so I guess what I'm trying to say is I I don't want to fail them even to this day. And um, and so I just take it, I take it like it's almost like uh um they're my bosses. (laughs) Um, I was chosen. And I just, it's never lost on me um, how it started and I don't want, I I could have gone out and done some socializing this weekend. I knew that I had to be, like small decisions along the way, Have they've kept me on the straight and narrow in terms of making sure. And then with that, the story
6: of the entrepreneur, for sure
3: yeah and then there's the community, and we we all rely on each other. so where I am weak, I do lean on them, and they are happy to they, they care about this, they care about this place um it it's technically a product, but it's it's a community, yeah, yeah and so let's
6: let's explore that Es I mean you you say we don't give ourselves enough credit. let's just kind of pick apart how this has actually come to be in the time that you've been the the leader of this. this is a fitness business, we need fitness business customers at some point. And so for you guys, from a from a marketing standpoint, or just how we garner interest to get people through the doors, what have you done over the years that proved worthwhile? What have you done over the years that, that wasn't so fruitful?
3: Sure. Uh, I, this was kind of founded, uh, this was eight years ago, or nine years ago, really when it really started. Um, truly social media and Facebook specifically was a huge foundation for us. Um, when the promotion, as Facebook evolved and social media evolved, um, you have to learn what's new. And, you know, promotions then came out. And I certainly tried my hand at Facebook promotions, which proved to be very successful, I would say. We, so anytime we would have some sort of free week or bring a friend or any time we had a promotional um, opportunity, we we would definitely started with the social media platform first, and that actually was very successful in our area. Now our area is rural and college town. I think if you were to put us in a metropolis and in a city, I'm not sure that would work quite as well because I there might I don't know I haven't done it, but um, my estimation is that there's a lot more competition, and um, and so you might need to be a bit more creative with your. Um, I don't know how you work your social media, and also what other platforms you bring into that marketing wise. Um, we've also tried, you know, the old fashioned um, flyer, paper uh, sponsorship, you know, like tangible route. Um, and I don't find that to be even just as as, as recently as just a couple months ago, we. Well, we do sponsors quite often, but we did a sponsorship. And I don't know that we got a lot of people off of that as much as we had a big boom from a recent Instagram and Facebook promotion, um, huge boom. It was just to t- try us out for a free week. It was very simple. Um, even the flyer and the graphics were simple, the digital flyer. And mm-hmm. so um, I think that for us, uh, throughout the years, I think simple is nice especially in this day and age of an over influx of so much stimulation um simple clean um you know digital (laughs) uh and truly social media has been profound
6: i think it's it's the constant choice i suppose of where to put our resources and from a marketing standpoint, everything costs something. It's, it's either time, it's effort and energy, it's dollars. There's some combination of all of these things. The digital route in 2023, it can be either one of those things. It can be time, it could be energy, it could be dollars. But it just seems like it streamlines the process a little bit better than marketing strategies of the past quote unquote, the print, I, the, the flyers, the door to door, whatever it happens to be. And I think it makes sense, right? If I'm, if I'm looking for a gym or even if I'm not looking for a gym, I'm probably spending most of my time scrolling on my phone, right? Yeah, it's either yeah. Facebook, it's Instagram, it's Google, it's some combination of the three. You guys have found that to be the more successful strategy you mentioned the word promotion and so for clarification here was that with some advertising budget behind it or was this just putting out an offer organically for whoever follows us to take advantage of
3: yeah mostly uh a little bit of both mostly we are mostly organic growth I would say um when I noticed that we've come to a lull and a bit of a plateau and there are seasons and that's true for I think most gyms I mean, right now it's probably very, very busy right now for most gyms. I know it is for ours, which is great. Um, When there is a lull and there's a plateau, I look at ways of like, okay, how do we massage this? How do we get more people to try us out? And um, you, you, uh, so that's when I will maybe, I I mean, it's super simple. It's just literally, I'll probably usually pay for a promotion for an Instagram or Facebook promotion that uh, it's, it's that simple. Um, And and, and we'll come up with different creative ways uh, to do promotional to, to do promotion. So um, I know right now the season is good for a free week because people are trying out other gyms, and we want them to have a real understanding of what we offer, everything we offer, the culture, power. Meet several trainers, not just one free day, not one free, not one trainer, but several. Uh, meet the membership, the community. Um, so I think right now is a great time at the start of the year for the free week. Now cut to summertime for us. That's when students are out of town. We don't have a lot of students in general, but it's just a little slower for us in the summertime. And so I know heading into summer come May, we might want to offer, bring a friend, bring a friend um, so that uh, we can, you know, just get our, get ourselves out there more. Um, We are Mm -hmm. in a transient town, which is good and bad. so we have people come and go for anywhere from a year or four at a time because it's a college town, <laughs> and um, and uh, so I, I, I will I will say that we rarely have anyone leave that doesn't. It's usually because they have to move. <laughs> uh, yeah, but another, nobody another. Has,
6: nobody stays at hundred percent retention. That's for sure. People move, people get sick, people get a yeah. different job, whatever it happens yeah. to be. Um, but I think you bring up a really important point that I wanted to highlight, and it's that. The the messaging of our marketing and the offer itself needs to match the product. You you said somewhat subtly, we want to make sure that people understand who we are and what we do before committing to whatever the the actual service is. Take me to how, how we actually handle that transaction in the sales process. When somebody's interested you mentioned the front end offer is, is a free week, but walk me through what happens for that person to eventually sign up as a paying customer.
3: Sure. Um, And it, and it really does vary per the individual. Um, We, uh, most people coming in to our facility and it's not lost on us. And I think you do have to know your product. Like you have to know your product and where it stands in in the overall community. For example, we are not the popular choice, truly. Strength and conditioning is not the, po- what's, the what's more popular here are going to be your hits, your boot camps, your um, OT at Orange Theory Fitness, you know, um, mm-hmm. those just, uh, they just are. I, I, I have my speculations as to why we're not the most popular choice, but that doesn't even matter because we know what we have, we all believe in what we do. We don't think anyone, any choice is good or bad. So the only reason why I bring that up as a preface to your question <laughs> is because when people come in, it's, they're quite, you almost always, there's an intimidation factor because we don't have, we have open power racks. We have open free weight, free weights. Um, we do a lot with, um, with uh, yeah, free weights. And, and and I don't find that to be the most popular choice, at least around here. And so we immediately try to ease their nerves to be honest because most um some people we have some we're yes we're like an ex-athlete's gym in a lot of ways but we have so many people that have never that come in here and never touched a weight before in their life and we get to meet them where they're at and we get to we get to teach them ground zero um from the ground up and then we have people that come in uh, in the middle of their journey, (laughs) maybe they had some experience. So we just really get to know them. We ask if they've done any strength training before. Um, and we ask if they have any pre um, like, well, sorry, I don't want to jump the gun. We ask if they've done any strength training before. Um, they give us a brief history. Sorry, somebody just walked into the facility. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, um, and then we ask them, we ask them what their goal, like what they're looking for. Um, we tell them what we do. We give them a tour, we show them around, um, we tell them basically what the classes look like. Uh, we show them the board that's in, in the tour. We have uh, several different workout boards, and it just gives a good example of of a of a small group training class that we do. Um, and so uh yeah, we just explain, we get their history, a brief history from them, whatever they're willing to, get to offer. And then we explain what we do. Um, we answer their questions. Um, we tell them, we try to make it known that we can meet them wherever they're at. Like that's, we try to briefly explain what training is and how we do it um, to meet them wherever they're at.
6: Yeah. So, let me kind of summarize, and, and you can correct me if I'm misunderstanding. We want to get them into the facility. We want to have a conversation and, and explain in explicit detail what this is and, and what they could get out of it. Expel some fear and, and some hesitation as best we can, and simply get them to almost quote unquote test drive the car, right? Just try it, humor me, and then we can have a more in depth conversation. Beyond that, hypothetically, this person signs up, Essie. In your mind, what do you focus on to keep these people as members as long as we can? How do we retain?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, accountability and consistency are two huge culture points for us here. Um, We know that strength training and progressions are, can be slow moving, slow going. It's not the quick, yes, you're going to burn some calories right away. Yes. You're going to have endorphin pops right away. Um, You're going to feel good, but to actually see it's a process and it's, it's, it's one that requires immense consistency. Um, You know, to some degree, we honor the hypertrophy programming Like we know that if you can't be consistent and somebody has, say, a job that takes them out of the month, like takes them out of the out of town once a week, or sorry, once what a week in a month. I can't talk. Um, Then we honor that too in terms of we know we'll keep them more of on a superset and a hypertrophy and and versus our periodization progression style programming. We have so um, to retain them. That was your question. We need to let them know that we're here for them consistently and account- and for accountability. We have three thirty day accountability challenge boards hosted big in the lobby. They're on our biggest wall in the lobby um and they're for anyone to do any member at their own discretion when they have thirty consecutive days to dedicate to accountability um every time they come in, it's simple they mark their name they mark the date. Um, we give them a, a keychain that's blue if they come 12 out of the 30 consecutive days, and a keychain that's black, and it says our name on it. Um, and if they come 20 out of the consecutive days, 30 consecutive days, 20 times, and so um, things like that. We have uh, we have socials. Um, we have we become we we become a community in terms of we check on each other. We have we become, we have gym buddies, accountability buddies. <laughs> um, we have our private like Facebook groups and our public Facebook groups, um, our private. So, so people, the trainers were, we all check on everybody, make sure that we see everybody um, semi-regularly. When we don't, then, you know, um, we reach out usually. Yeah. yeah.
6: You, use the, you use the word community many, many times here. And, and what that tells me is that it's bigger than the 45 or the 60 minutes or whatever people spend in the facility. Yeah. I mean, we is. know that we know that there's a success factor beyond just that time. Our conversation so far, Essie has, has essentially been how do you get here and, and what do you do now? So continue that theme and, and look forward for a minute. What does the future entail for peak? What is your goal? Where do you see this sure. thing trending?
3: Right. Uh, we have to have and I say have to because we actually do have a deadline of January 2024 where we have first refusal on the building that we're in right now um, to mm-hmm. buy it. Um, so that is our 2023 goal of um, being having all of our ducks in a row for that. Um, that uh, I, there, I do have a much more macro, <laughs> larger scale idea. I, I would like to branch out into The local local towns next to us um, in a concession. So that's the other thing I didn't mention about everything I've done so far that we've done as a as a group has been very small step. So to answer your question, where are we going to go next after it's, we have to purchase the building to assist uh, to ensure peaks um, security and future because that right there is going to give us a nice footprint. I mean, a nice hold on our business and we don't have to worry about a lot of... I've, yeah, we could
6: go down a rabbit hole for hours about commercial real estate and okay, thank you. working with landlords. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
3: yeah. So that's exactly it. And I'm like, we have a wonderful landlord now, but she's not going to be our landlord next year. So, um, <laughs> uh, and then, um, and then to answer your question, so then I have uh, I have a peak concessions in mind for for shortly thereafter, if not in conjunction with, should we get to where we need to be for purchasing the building sooner than next year. Um, I would like to get peek into concessions, gyms, and then eventually I'd like to broaden it. Um, I, I think that we are on our way in in our area, um, but it'll be interesting to see how it how it might fare on a larger scale. (laughs)
6: Yeah. Time. <laughs> it's a fun conversation and, and it's cool to see how many different ideas and, and how we're going to execute on all of these things and I find that the the conversations that I have on this podcast it's it can be a challenge to bring those things to fruition but I appreciate the the systemic mindset of first things first ducks in a row for the building and then everything else can happen beyond that
3: Yes, there's only so many resources. You know, if you had unlimited resources, uh, you could. uh, Yes, I feel like, um, and by resources, I don't just mean monetarily. I mean time, Um, people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we're it's yeah, um, exactly all of the above. So, um, yes, but um, it's exciting. I think I feel like the biggest takeaway. That I feel I can provide. Um, anybody that would ask the question of, you know, um, I, I would say baby steps in terms of business growth, uh, l- letting things happen organically, I think has a lot to do with um, sustainability as well. Um, not putting the cart before the horse, uh, mm. being really mindful about, um, about the next step and actually the next steps with a plural. Um, because you can't put yourself into corner if you have growth in mind or you know even if your growth is a slightly larger facility or more trainers or you know you have to let let it be mindful about the where it's going or where you want it to go where you see it going realistically and then um I really can't stress the organic side enough as well as the baby step and not putting the cart before the horse. Um, yeah. I really think that has a lot to do with other than luck, seriously, why we're still here um, through what every gym has gone through in the pandemic. I mean, it was really difficult years there, um, but uh, I think we got a little bit of luck and, uh, and then also um, those baby steps
6: healthy dose of of luck and and hard work and customer service and ingenuity and whatever else that we, we spell into this. That is a great place for us to start to wrap our conversation up, but in the short bit of time we do have, why don't you tell our listeners where they could learn more about this? What's the best website? What are the social links? How can people find you guys?
3: Sure. Um, our our website currently is undergoing reconstruction, is going undergoing construction, but you can still view it. It's not the it's not it's not where it's going to be. Um, but it is www.pscgym.com. So P is in Paul, S is in Sam, C is in Cat, G Y M.com. Um, that is also our Instagram handle PSC pscgym and peak strengthening editioning on Facebook. I would say those are the three best platforms.
6: Straightforward and simple enough. Essie, this has been awesome. I I genuinely appreciate your willingness to to talk through your thoughts when it comes to running a business like this. What's worked, what hasn't, thank where you, we're thank going you in the future, me. and so uh, I I appreciate it, and I'm excited to see what the what the next step is, what the evolution for Peak will come to be in the future.
3: Well, thank you so much for having me. This is great, and I I, I look forward to being an uh, an avid listener. We appreciate
6: that. And to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.